I'll never forget those summer days of going to the pool and pretending to drown to get a girl to notice me. We're talking the Sandlot on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to KidFlix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and try to have a discernible characteristic as part of the neighborhood gang. I don't know, maybe be the guy that wears 3D glasses all the time. My... So we had a little bit of a uh, last minute week off, uh, brother of the podcast, Max, he got married, and I was uh, very hungover by the time I needed to record a podcast, so apologies for that last week, but we are brand new this week, and we have a great guest, somebody that I've been, uh, we've been talking about uh, doing the podcast together for a while at this point, a couple months, and yeah. uh, I, uh, I kept dropping the ball, but he's here now, he's the host of the American Immigrant Podcast, it's Miguel Dalmau, how are you? I'm good, thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, thank you for coming to my brother's house. <laughs> <laughs> I got that already, it's a beautiful home. Oh, I, thank you. I do like, uh, I, I say this all the time, I like coming uh, to Philly comedians' homes, because you realize like they live like human beings. Because like in New York City where I started, everybody lives in like in a little like hole in the wall, so you don't yeah. know what, you're, what to walk into. But he was like, man, everybody has a home, so it's nice. It's also fun because uh, somehow everybody coordinated, so nobody has the exact same like IKEA artwork that they have. Everybody has like a different one. So upstairs, yeah. <laughs> upstairs we have the classic uh, like fish bowl, and the fish is on the outside of the glass, so oh. it like has a shadow on it. Some people have just like framed uh, like a uh, uh, wallpaper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all mediocre. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm trying to think of how we get into this topic because. Uh, I'm not really a sports person whatsoever. Okay. Do Do you kind of uh, are you into sports at all? I I watch I watch like sports just to kind of like just unplug because I watch the news so much and stuff like that. So I, sports is like okay, I just want to watch two dudes like hit each other or two people just <laughs> whip a ball back and forth on a tennis court. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, just, that's just how I like sports. Did you do like a like youth sports or any kind of leagues like that? Never, never, never. My parents. My parents were the people that, like, like, I would do stuff in front of them. I'd be like, look at me. I can hit this ball. And they'd be like, that's cool. And they'd just go on about their lives. Like, my <laughs> parents never signed me up for shit. Like, honestly, if my parents would have signed me up for one thing, they would have been, like, millionaires off whatever that was. <laughs> like, because I, I, was, I was athletic. I just, nobody nobody ever, like, bothered to put me in anything. Yeah, so you're basically like the Sandlot kids. Like, you are all the other kids that weren't Benny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's funny because, like, as a kid, I never saw myself as Benny. And as an adult, I was like, holy crap. It isn't, it isn't just a brown. I am Benny. Like, <laughs> well, Benny is the only one that has any of his shit together. Yeah, which is actually, now that I watched the movie as an adult, I, I'm starting to realize, maybe this might be overthinking it, but I think the movie was supposed to be about Benny. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be about him, and the studio was like, we can't put out a film about a Latin boy <laughs> in the 60s following his dreams, even though these white kids aren't fucking good. Yeah, like, we, need to, we need to get the dorkiest white kid we can. Where's Holly, Haley Joel Oh, he's not born yet? Not okay, born we'll yet. get this kid that'll never act again. So uh. I think the movie added a white narrative 
to to be like we need to sell it to like you know middle america yeah well also this movie takes place before a lot of really prominent uh people of color in sports because like all the kids are just gushing about babe ruth the great bambino and then he makes a comment at the end I can't think of the uh, the baseball player's name, but it, it's like the guy that beat Beirut's home runs, and it was a, a black man. Jackie Robinson? No, not I, I know the name Jackie. I don't know a lot about sports. Oh, the, 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 the baseball card that he yeah. picks up. He was he like, goes, hey, kid, can I have this? Yeah. I feel like it's going to be worth something. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, by the way, we're talking about the Sandlot. <laughs> that is so interesting. I, actually, I remember him picking up a baseball card of a black player. But not realizing that it was like black players weren't really playing in the game yet at that time. Yeah, I mean James Earl Jones was for some reason. That was that was like was an, as an adult I watched that movie now and I was like man they really try to feed you that childish bullshit like like you know it's funny okay so talk about the movie specifically yeah are we go, are we jumping out of topics so oh like, who cares yeah so <laughs> so. He goes, the, you know, when the kids finally see who he is and that he's blind or whatever, and he gives him the baseball, and he goes, I never made it in the greats. And then the kid goes, because you went blind? And the guy went, yeah. <laughs> I thought James Earl Jones was going to be like, no, I didn't make it in the MLB because I'm black. What, are you blind? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that was just like a, yeah, because I was blind. Sure, yeah, let's go with that Let's story. go with that, kid. Yeah, this was not going to be a teachable moment about how racism <laughs> ruined uh, careers. That was the thing about the movie. that, like, it, it, What's funny is like as a kid, when I remember, I picked the Sandlot specifically because as a kid, it was... I, I did identify as the little the little boy small. I identified as smalls because mm-hmm. uh, I had just come to America, and I remember that like the only the first friends I made were kids in my backyard who were playing wiffle ball. So like I went back there, started talking to them. That's how I made my first friends in America, and then playing wiffle ball in the backyard, and in terms of, like football watching and stuff like that. And then finally, as friends, when we all saw the Sandlot, I thought they were all gonna realize that I was smalls. You know what I mean? But then I realized that technically we were all smalls because we're all from a different country and we all were just like trying to survive in this new country because we're mm-hmm. all from like Puerto Rico, Albania, you know, uh, you know, Dominican Republic, Mexico. So all my friends were small. So when we watched that movie, we were like, we're all smalls. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, I would love that movie where it's just a bunch of dorks with two big uh, baseball hats. Yeah, just yeah, just nine kids with big <laughs> baseball hats. So like, did you... Um, so you would just play wiffle ball with your friends and stuff. Did you, like the Sandlot kids, have this weird kind of neighborhood uh, store, ghost story almost about, like, because they had the beast. They they had the beast. Do we have, like, a neighborhood ghost story? No. Well, not a really neighborhood ghost story. I mean, maybe we were so young, there was, like, this, um, I remember there was between two houses uh, in our block, there was a big giant wooded area that hadn't. A house is there now. That's that's what's funny when I go by. I was like, oh, there's a house. But when I was a kid, it was like just like a wooded area between the two houses. So like sometimes like were, like uh, possums will come out of there, and sometimes we would think like maybe people would jump out of there. So that was like <laughs> the one thing where at night when we were coming home from like playing wiffle ball, whatever, we would run past that part because we don't know what would scare us. Oh, totally. So, so that was like the one area that we're like, let's just run past that every time. <laughs> Like, I grew up in just, like, a very boring suburbs, so when you're a kid living in the boring suburbs, I feel it's just, like, everybody just makes up all these crazy fucking lies about yeah. everything. Like, there's, for some reason, a huge rock 
in the neighborhood, just like at the bottom of the hill, there's just like this giant boulder. And so I, I came up with a story that it got a pebble got watered too much and it grew into a giant boulder, which is not a great story. Yeah. Uh, but I, wait, I don't, I actually don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast, but when I was little, one of my neighbors around the corner was Terrence Howard. The guy from Empire? Yes. Really? Yeah, he uh, he was in like... Philly? Yeah, so I, I grew up in... Uh, uh, it's called Lafayette Hill, which is like 35 minutes from Philly. Mm-hmm. And it was like... My brother went to school with some of his kids, and he was just kind of starting to rise a little bit of his, as an actor. So it was like he was kind of coming back and forth from L.A., and Philly, while his family was still uh, kind of in the suburbs. And right. I, the only thing I remember about that, because my brother kind of knew him more, and I think he complimented him for Big Mama's house. So Was Terrence Howard in Big Mama's th- house? Like apparently he was one of the cops. Huh. That was trying to, you know, find Big Mama. That's always interesting, interesting, like the first roles. Like, I was looking at those kids. I'm like, did any of them grow up to be anything? Uh, one of I them looks f- super familiar. But I never bought They all kind of look familiar, but then you kind of realize, like, oh, they just kind of look like every kind of 80s, 90s kid movie. Just yeah. Because like, we just looked, we just watched uh, Goonies, and they all look identical yeah, to each other. Yeah, I, I mean, at least, yeah, at least the Sandlot had a brown and a black kid. Yeah, I, I think the black kid had three lines in this movie. Yeah. I yeah. was I was looking out, I was like, come on, is he going to do anything? Nah, he's like, all right, I'm going to throw you the heater. And that's all he <laughs> yeah. said, right? Oh, one thing that reminds me. One thing I need to bring up that bothers me about so many movies just about like a group of kids right. is that they all laugh so hard at things that aren't funny. Yeah. L- like they all lose their minds. They're like going to keel over and die after seeing Smalls uh miss catching a ball and he falls over. Yeah. Like I get it. The things are like oh, this kid's a loser, but uh these kids are not good at selling laughter. Yeah. <laughs> Or, like, the way they all reacted at the same exact time all the time. Oh. Like, to show you that they're a team. Yeah, at least four times they all said, like, the Great Bambina or yeah, something. Yeah, and That same exact... Fucking cult of the Sandlot. I guess it's maybe because, like, with all technology now, too, I'm like, how long would a kid not know that the, the, the Babe Ruth on the dad's baseball is actually the same Great Bambino that they're all obsessed with yeah. before Google? And I'm trying to remember, so that so Small's stepdad, they've been married, like, the mom and him have been married for a while. Oh, I think, I think the, it's new. But it's the fact new-ish. that she's forcing him to say dad and Bill, like, that that became a thing. I'm like, why is this kid so, like, why is it such a big deal for him to call this dude Bill dad? Just call him Bill. Yeah. You're not my dad, Bill. <laughs> Well, I mean, Smalls' dad died when he was a baby. Is that what the story is? Yeah, I remember uh, the really long-winded narration at the beginning. Oh, my. I didn't remember that. He was like, he died when I was a baby, so I don't know the guy. Uh, But I, like, you would think at some point this dad, usually that's a stepdad thing. Is like, oh, I want to connect with this kid that uh, I'm going into their life. Like, oh, I'm going to, I'll teach him about baseball or something. Yeah, Yeah, he has all these things in his room. Like, he's like, he likes to play catch. At some point, the kid's like, oh, is it baseball? Oh, well, that baseball, you see that picture of that guy right there next to the baseball holding all those baseball bats? Yeah. That ball belongs to that dude next to the picture. You're telling me Bill has never just watched a baseball game and then pointed and been like, oh, that guy's pretty good. He's no uh, great Bambino. Yeah, he's no Babe Ruth. Like, 
everybody knows who Babe Ruth is. Like, even if Smalls would have been like, oh, Babe Ruth, like, if that's a weird name or something. Maybe Lou Gehrig or something, or, or but I guess he couldn't do a look. I mean, I guess he yeah. couldn't do a look. Oh, man, just the ghost shaky of ghost. Lou Gehrig. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just said shaky ghost. <laughs> Why is he still shaking? God didn't fix that. Oh, God. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Uh, I also just want to beat up Smalls so much. Oh, yeah, no, he... That's another thing, too, why I don't think the movie was supposed to be about him. Like, the most pinnacle point in the movie is when the ball gets taken, and who does Babe Ruth come and see? He doesn't come and see Smalls and his weak-assness. He comes and sees Benny the Jet Rodriguez, and he's like, hey, look, man, like, you need to get this white kid out of all these issues. Like, the, the thing is that I, told, I looked at my girlfriend was watching the movie with me, and she's white, and I was like, I just realized that in this movie, Benny the Jet Rodriguez is the magical Negro that they bring in every movie to help out the white kid. And then James Earl Jones joins the in the second fun. Yeah. magical Negro. <laughs> yeah, it, it, can I say magical on the show? <laughs> yeah, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> but yeah, it's and it's also you think the conflict of the movie is going to be oh, Smalls makes friends, but within ten minutes or something of meeting. All the Sandlot kids, he's like in, he can catch, yeah, and everything. And he just, yeah, how kind bad of was, in the was background. His, how bad was Bill? Was Bill beating him? I mean, Bill hit him in the ball with the eye, which I don't think it was an accident. Now. Yeah, hit him in the ball with the eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep your eye on the ball. That joke was coming for any comedian. You're like, that joke's coming. Yeah, <laughs> oh, this is gonna be hack as fuck. Uh, <laughs> he's like, I don't know, just put a piece of meat on there for an hour. And then it just, you know, it's funny, it, you do gotta the movie. I don't know, man. I guess I'm, I'm I'm seeing it too much as an emotional adult now. No, yeah, go for it. But like the, the, the just the because now like I watch when you watch movies as a kid. I don't know if you've come across this on your podcast the things we just put up with as like oh, I guess that's life. Do you know what I mean like like the fact that this kid Bill for the most part was a was a shitty dad. Even as a stepdad, he's like, when I come back, we'll play catch one more time. I'm like, dude, how long have you been home? You haven't been catching <laughs> this kid. And then the kid is like, I trust you now. You're the man of the house. And with that line alone, the kid's like, I need to get Bill's respect. Well, fuck you, Bill. Like, you haven't done shit to gain his respect. Also, I, I've always found issue with the whole, uh, like, cliche of you're the man of the house when I'm yeah, gone. Because, like, his mom's right there. And it's like, you have to you have to look after your mother and uh, tend to her wifely duties. Isn't that, isn't that another thing, too, where, like, they kept using girls as, like, the point of insult for each other. Oh, you mean how, um... Uh, Even a girl Ham. knew who Babe Ruth was. Yeah, and then Ham and that uh, rich kid are, like, trading barbs with each other. And, like, higher insult than, like, you eat pus for breakfast or whatever is you play like a girl. And everybody's like... And that's when you have to have the showdown. Did he just fucking say that? There's no way. Showdown time. He said, play like a girl. I'll show you that I play like a girl. <laughs> I also thought it was very funny when the uh, I, I, I just I just love looking at it from the race perspective when this, these preppy white kids come in and not one of them has anything racist to say to the black kid or Benny. Not even like like a weird remark that you kind of, that the kids like I okay yeah yeah like it's there's not even, there are no microaggressions in sixties America. That is that is absolutely the problem when I watched these movies as a kid, that I used to watch these films where, like, you know, it was 1960, but it was all fun and cool. Like, you remember, I remember at the same time, have you ever, like, have you ever, like, read those, those things that, like, the kids book that get a lot of shit for, like, 
making Native Americans seem just like, oh, like slavery seems like the white guy and the slave were just friends. Like, yeah, that's like, kind of like, look, I'm, I'm kind of in a merit managerial position. Yeah. And that's really as far as this goes. Slave owner. I'm more of a manager yeah. of these slaves. I mean, have you heard them singing? Like, that's a manager. But yeah, no, exactly. Like, I, I mean, I'm actually kind of glad that you're here to talk about this rather than two white guys being like, it's kind of weird that they're, that the white people are kind of just cool. But this is, I mean, obviously... It's a it's a sports movie. It's a baseball movie. Yeah. It's a lighthearted thing. You don't like in a way you want to think of, oh, the kids are kind of just seeing each other mm. as equals because they're all kind of rejects and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I guess I'm looking too deep because as a kid, I did like the reject part and just the throwing up was just hilarious to me. Oh, God. I ugh, Although I, the throw up scene didn't seem as long to me as an adult as it did as a kid. <laughs> as a kid, I thought that scene went on forever. Well, it, it, I mean, I think the worst uh, throw up scene is in Stand by Me. I also realized I seen that movie. Eh, you don't have to. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a classic, but it's like both. I mistake those movies all the time because it's both about just like a group of rejects trying to you know prove themselves as kids. Yeah. But there's this whole scene in Stand by Me where it's like a it's like a folk tale, and they're talking about how this kid. This fat kid that everybody called Lardass. Mm-hmm. He got his revenge on everybody by entering a pie eating contest and eating pie so quickly and then vomiting on people. Oh wow! And then it causing a chain reaction. <laughs> I gotta stand. Do they show that scene? Yes, I gotta uh, watch it's, it. Oh my god! It's bright purple vomit. I gotta watch it. Yeah, only if only if only for that scene. People are like, "Hey, Miguel, have you seen Stand by Me?" And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, that vomit movie." <laughs> Did you know that there's a whole thing online for movies? that have vomit in it because people have such a phobia of it that they can't watch it because they themselves will throw up. So there's like a whole... It's, and it'll tell you like, go away at this point. Yeah, go away. It tells you like for a minute, da 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 Like if you go see this movie, walk away because there's going to be a... There's like a vomit scene database. That's doing the Lord's work. That's a lot better than those websites where it's just like, this is when you could see this actress's feet on camera or something. Yeah, yeah those are weird. I mean, yeah. I don't go a lot on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I blocked it on my work computer, I don't go on it that much. Should we... I don't. I, I was kind of like leaving this this topic to the end. The the whole pool scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Between uh uh his name is Squints, and Squints. then uh the girl's name is Wendy Peppercorn, which is the most uh, like crush name ever. That that's another thing too. Like I understand these are just kids' movies, but when you see these kinds of things a lot, you just like you know movies are like as a kid are the windows to the world. You know what I mean? They they teach like especially if you don't have parents growing up. You know, like I did, like these things were what I used to put together the world that I was about to face. You yeah. know what I mean? So it was like, it was honestly very interesting to look at that scene with the, the girl and just, you know, the whole way it was played out. I was just like, hmm, yeah, so is the, this childhood fun? Well, yeah, because the whole thing is played that, so Squints is in love with this girl. And for sidebar, I find it so weird because this movie... The the scene of like seeing uh, Wendy for the first time, it's clearly meant to be like, see how hot this girl is. Yes, and she's fourteen, maybe. Yeah, yeah. In this, they're supposed to be nine or ten, I, I would say, and yeah. she's supposed to be fourteen. In this movie, even for a director, I was like, dude, how close did you zoom in on that fourteen-year-old's <laughs> behind? 
Excuse me, editor. Can you slow down the video of that uh, girl child walking away? That yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's a weird part, and then. Yeah, the whole thing is that uh, Squints is in love with this girl. He's got mm-hmm. a big crush on her, mm-hmm. and so he fakes drowning in order to kiss her. But let's let's. I, I want to break that down. I want to break that. If we're gonna spend a lot of time, I want to break. I want to spend. I want to break down that. Sure. Because like that's exactly where I saw as a young boy my first introduction of how if you like a girl you're supposed to do something grand, right? And that is because like you gotta realize all he ever did for this girl was look at her. Right, and then and she looked at him, and that's as far as it went. So he, as a young boy, is feels like he's already entitled to something from this girl, mm-hmm. just because he already has a feeling for her. So that's why I was like, okay, like shouldn't we probably just like I'm, I'm really looking at this like okay, like if because I'm reading a lot about psychology and how if as a as a person if you're attracted to someone, you're gonna look at their signals as more than yes than no. That makes sense. Automatically, your brain does that. Like, so that's why consent is being like, you need a verbal agreement. If you're like, oh, that sounds unsexy. No, no, no. That's because your mind creates scenarios where you believe somebody's attracted to you when they are not, which leads to vis-a-vis everything we're going through. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So that's why, like, when I was watching that movie, I was like, well, I mean, you know, let's be fair. This movie is playing it off like the girl also likes it. But in real life, like. Well, because they end up getting married and have nine kids. Nine kids. And that's why I'm like, okay, this movie really was written by a dude. Like, let's let's go back and find out who the fucking writer is first. Yep, it was it was weird. You know what's weird? The writer and director of this movie is also the narrator. Wait, wait, you looked this all up? Yes. So, so yeah, was this guy's like memoir or something? <laughs> uh, I forget I have his no name. Idea what the Sandlot is based on? Is it based on a book or is it? No, just I think a it's movie? just a movie. Just a movie. And he. He also wrote the movie Ed, which is the movie where Matt LeBlanc is on a baseball team with a monkey. Man, this guy really loves baseball. Yeah. <laughs> he also, I hope he was, and he also wrote Field of Dreams, which... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he worked on it, I think. Oh, my God. He guy really loves baseball. Which is, like, sad. Like, I mean, you and I, like, we're comedians, so we just talk about comedy a lot, which you could argue is terrible in its own right. But, I mean, yeah. like, ba- not even the most exciting sport. He, yeah, he wrote about an entire summer of kids just playing baseball and essentially just pulling Kavanaugh's on people. Yes. You want <laughs> But yeah, Is that's that going to be a verb? I hope, I hope it's that's not a gotta verb. It's got to be. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's a little bit better because I hate when people, I, I, it's annoying when people are like, oh, that guy got me too'd. It's like, it just doesn't sound good. No, wait, he didn't get me too. He me too a bunch of people. Yes. Oh, I hate, oh my God, my girlfriend had a whole, I don't probably shouldn't say it with who. But she, because somebody posted the hashtag him too, you know, which is supposed to be the counter, like all men are, are at risk. And I'm like, <laughs> listen, yeah, but we all did shit, but all of our levels are very different. Okay. Like, and also you clearly are showing no remorse or growth. You're like, oh, I definitely fucked up. It's probably their fault though. Well, that's what, one of the things like about watching this movie. It's like, it's it's like, again, the Kavanaugh thing was very important that I was thinking about while watching this movie with the whole boys will be boys line that now I'm just like so like uh, grossed out by. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm watching this movie, like, so again, like this boy's just looking at this girl, looking at this girl, and then he jumps into the pool, right? And freaks her out. Like, if you think about it, like he freaks her out. She's doing a job. She's... Performing CPR on someone, and then all it turns out it's just even though he's like nine and it's supposed to be adorable, 
it's still a, a boy who believes it's okay to lie to this person to use her body in a way that he he found the loophole. You know what I mean? And then yeah, and like I don't think I would. I don't. I can't think of a time that I did this as a kid. But I mean, going up to somebody that's out of your age range or mm-hmm. whatever and just being like, like I think you're pretty or something. Yeah. Like it would still be weird, but it's just he j- like exactly like you said before this incident. All Squints had been doing is just waving at this girl. Yeah, and like never this spoke is... to her. Never got confirmation that yeah she's older, but you know, I don't know, like nothing. No, just this action is 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 the height of romance. And it is weird that as they're being kicked out of the pool, um, she's sitting up on her perch and she gives him like a little smirk. Yeah, and it like in my head as an adult, I'm thinking, oh, that's kind of a like. Now you're out of here, you freaking weirdo. Yeah. But then it cuts back to Squint smiling, and that smile becomes just like, oh, like, I, she thought it was a nice gesture. The line that got me with that when, when he goes, did you know you were going to do that? And he goes, been planning it for months. And that's the line that I went, all right, you pervert. Like, that's the line that I went. That, you were planning that for months? Yes. If he had said, it just she came to me. She walked by you. Yeah, if he had said, it just came to it me. It just came to me. Would have been fucked it up. It would have been, like, been fucked up, but it would have been like, God, you wanted her so bad. But if it just meant like he was thinking for months. Instead of talking to her, his, in his mind for months was like, how do I trick this girl? In, you know what I mean? Now no, totally. Like, boys will be boys, huh? <laughs> and now I'm just looking at notes that I took. So... Uh, one thing that I forgot about this movie is that, um, I, I had like the exact same physique as Ham when I was a kid. <laughs> Do you have a picture or something? Uh, here, you know, I can, I'll show you. I don't have a shirtless picture of me. Cause no, I don't want to see a shirtless picture of you as Ham. <laughs> yeah, I have all these shirtless pictures of me as a kid. No. So this is, uh, yeah, I'm showing Miguel a picture. Oh, you totally do look like ham. Yeah. And oh, that's not even me trying to be mean. Nah, it looks like I'm smuggling a ham. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, there were, as a kid, I remember there were several times where I would watch, my friends and I would watch a movie where, like, a fat kid would be getting into a pool for some reason, and it looked like me. Like, I remember oh. pulling out my shirt. Yeah. We talked about this a couple weeks when we talked about Goonies. Like, I was, I felt like the chunk. I felt uh, just like, or not chunk. Yeah, yeah chunk. chunk. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. I was like, do you I, feel like do you? Would people like always associated you with that? So it made you. Well, feel why like do you real? think I got into comedy? Because I was like, oh, I, I, uh, I was just like, okay, if I can make people laugh and kind of own it, then that'll kind of be more fun. Because I mean, when, chunk doesn't really embrace his chubbiness, and it's really sad, but. Ham is just running through a block party and making a uh, hot dog. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah, I'd yeah. much rather be that guy. That he is, he is that that character. If nothing else, is just that that kid was in a lot of movies during my childhood that I was like, that kid's a com- he's comedic <laughs> gold to me. I thought he was gonna be huge, and that's just like, oh no, he's just a little bit sassy and could kind of act. I I actually like don't follow him, but I follow a lot of people in New York who like run into him all the time while they're wearing those "You're Killing Me" Smalls shirt. Yeah, so oh, a couple we, of them. we were texting about that briefly, and I I cannot stand those shirts. Yeah, for some reason they're in every single T-shirt store I've ever walked into. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, they're not around anymore, but like Sam Goody, I would see them there. Yeah. Uh, just like any those weird stores on South Street where they just sell like knockoff flyers shirts yeah yeah there's always a you're killing me small shirt as well 
come to think about it, every time I see somebody wearing that, it's always a dude. Is the Sandlot that much of a heartfelt movies also for like the female audience? I'm. It I, can't be. I have to like I'm thinking about that now. Like it's got to be something like with just the feel of like boys all summer kind of thing. Well, I will say I was going to get into this a little bit later, but so the Sandlot had two sequels, and okay, which is insane. But uh, oh, I wanted to tell you my Sandlot sequel. Oh, okay, okay. I do want to because if it's already the Sandlot two and three, yes. So I want to make this the Sandlot four, but I want to follow the original Sandlot cast where. We find out that all the white kids, you know, like the one who became like a hippie or disappeared in the 60s or something. Oh, shit. Bertram? Yeah. Who definitely... He disappeared in the 60s? Like, my thought was either he just got super high and stoner or he died in Vietnam. Those yeah. are the only things that I can think of. I want to do the movie, but like, with like, Benny going back to the town and like, like I wanted like, like, what is his name? The, the... It's not Chunk in this movie. It's Ham. It's Ham, right, Ham. When Ham is, like, mad at him, like, at Benny because, like, he went on to greatness and now he's just, like, a Trump supporter. Like, I want to do <laughs> that movie where, like, just everybody is, like, just, like, shitty Trump supporters and, like, and the black kid and Benny are like, what the fuck happened to this town? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was also weird because uh, in the narration at the end, they were like, Benny never really made it big and he coaches Little League. But then the end of the movie, we see him playing... No, the 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 black kid became uh, like a little league coach for oh. his sons called the Heaters. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then Benny went on, but that's another thing too that made me like laugh because like in the whole movie, Benny's the hardest working kid in the neighborhood, and he makes it to the MLB. And then his buddy becomes an announcer. What the fuck? How do you get that job? Like <laughs> He that... didn't know who the great Bambino was. And like and Benny has to be down playing and this kid's up at the booth. And they're like giving each other a weird thumbs up, which they had not done throughout the movie at all. And how far is that I don't think they can see each other. Well, here's the main thing that I thought of when I saw that part at the end. Um I like this hasn't really happened yet because I'm still basically a little boy. But I like I'm curious to see what it's gonna be like in ten, fifteen years when I see people that I knew growing up growing up and they have like a mustache and that's their facial hair choice. Okay. I don't know why, but that like I, I'm fascinated by people that choose to have a mustache. As adults? Yeah. Oh, you mean because Benny had like a mustache? Yeah, he had a weird ass mustache. He did look weird. The, the actor that they picked to, to play adult Benny was like he looked like he was cracked out. Yes, he did not look uh he did not have charmer charisma. No. Even he, also he, looked, just a, he also looked like he wasn't that good at baseball. Yeah, it was weird. The guy only had one shot, but something about him, I go, is this the guy they chose to play? <laughs> Benny? Like, young Benny was charming, and he was a, he always has things behind his pocket. Did you notice how many things he gave to Smalls that was pulled up from behind yeah, his... Yeah, he, he gave a glove, a hat. hat. He gave a couple... A glove and a hat, but twice I was like, dude... How do you hide things so well back there? Yeah. It was also weird because uh, when they're before Smalls is like, oh, I'll get get that get that weird Aunt Babe Ruth ball or whatever the fuck he <laughs> called it. They they're all like, oh, we can't. Like, do you guys have ninety cents on you to get a new ball? And so so it's established that they don't have money. But then later they build like a really elaborate like claw machine to get a baseball from the yard. Yeah, they, so have, they can't find ninety eight cents. Remember, they lose the they they here's the home run and then they go. We need a fake ball. Get a bunch of beer bottles, get bottles, and let's buy a fake ball and sign it. Why didn't they do that from the beginning? 
why isn't their first thing in the morning just to be like old Chinese ladies in New York City <laughs> and recycle cans and glass all around the neighborhood and then start the game at noon? Well, because they got to get up there at 9 a.m. so the rich kids don't show up or something. They have their own fields. Yeah. Well, actually, it's weird. So, so the Sandlot 2, the whole story of it is that there, there's like a group of girls that play in the Sandlot now. Oh, okay. And so... Uh, it's I I also th- don't think there's any of the original characters from Sandlot One except for James Earl Jones. We should watch the Sandlot too then, because if they have like a, a girls baseball, I'll be like, yeah, let's see, let's see what the yeah. I tried reading the synopsis and it didn't make oh, any sense because no. it's the same as this where nothing happens until something happens. This one did have a lot of nothingness. Yeah, but uh, one thing notable about Sandlot Two is that there's a deaf character and they ref- they his nickname is Fingers. Wow, and because <laughs> he gets mad, pussy. yeah, yeah, dude. and so, and so you know how they have, like they have like the they tell you at the end like where all the characters went. So yeah. they did that in the in the sequel as well. Oh my God. And what happened to Fingers is he he would co-found Def Jam Records. No, yes, no. no, they they did that. Yes, in a kids movie. Yeah, this is like Marty McFly inventing rock and roll. Jesus, that's so funny. So I would have loved that they would have done a picture of an older person who looks like coked out next to Russell Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> like a finger coked out finger girl. Like you, person that doesn't hear, you'd be perfect to start this music label. Oh my god. I, I now I have to watch the Sandlot too to see if any part during the movie did she ever like music or did they just say Def Jam Records to literally do that joke? I'm curious. I'm curious if, like he, if he was like feeling like a, a speaker or something or something like that, yeah. and I can maybe see it. Um, another interesting thing. So you know how in the Sandlot, they're trying to get a baseball from the fence. Yeah. You know what they're trying to get in the sequel? An IUD. <laughs> yeah, an, an IUD. You got it. Is it really? No. What the <laughs> fuck? No. They're they're trying to get back a model space shuttle. From one of the kids' parents that's an engineer for NASA. Hmm. So instead of just like, oh, they threw a baseball over, they just jump to, okay, their parent works for NASA and they have a replica of a space shuttle that's going to change the world. And But it's still over the fence and there's like a scary dog. James Earl Jones. Yes. Happened to be the black astronaut. <laughs> who has a similar one from Neil Armstrong. <laughs> It's like that famous picture of Neil Armstrong on the moon, and then they just like superimpose like James Earl Jones waving in the background. It's a black dude with an afro, like not even wearing a helmet. Just... That's how he went blind. <laughs> Why'd you take off your glasses? I forgot the helmet. <laughs> oh my god, that's so uh, funny. And then, are you curious to know what the the third Sandlot movie is about? Please, please tell me. So, I want you to guess first of all. What do you think? So, the Sandlot one. It's like kids playing baseball. Sandlot 2, it's like boys and girls coming together and they have to like get another thing. What do, what could you imagine Sandlot 3 is? They bring in a monkey. I wish. <laughs> this one goes completely off the rails. What happens is, first of all, another the main character is another new guy we've never seen before. Okay. And he's like, he's a really big baseball player, but he's kind of an asshole. And so he's playing a game He's playing like a professional MLB game and someone throws a pitch at him. It hits him in the face. He falls over and he wakes up in 1976. 
Oh my, they did a time travel thing. Does he wake up as a kid? Yes. In 1976? Yes. As himself as a 1976 kid? Yes. So he did like a butterfly effect with a baseball? Yes. That's hilarious. <laughs> and, and I I mentioned this uh, like months ago when we did our live show where we talked about sequels, but uh, the, you don't even have to watch the movie, but in the trailer, mm. there's a joke where at the end, so like time travel guy, he's, oh he's in 1976, he's right. looking at a baseball or something, and I think it's the Great Bambino one, and he's like, yeah. man, I could get this for so much on eBay, and then all the Sandlot kids turn to him and say, what, Bay? Oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, they really, wow, they really went shitty with it on the third yeah. one. And they haven't really. I mean, they did that whole thing with like the air buds, and then one of them became like air puppies. Yes, and yeah. a bunch of dogs died during that production. <laughs> what? Like, you know what? Le- Sandlot Four should be like Leprechaun in the Hood, where like they just bring in like, <laughs> Freddy versus Jason, just bring them all in. <laughs> Three strikes are out, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's actually crazy though? They're they're creating uh, a prequel Sandlot. Oh, it was they? announced two months ago. I, there's no information on it, but that's oh a thing. God. It's a prequel. Make it, make it that Benny's parents were shitty people, and he had to like I don't know. Just I want it to be more about the Benny character. Yes, and the Benny family. I mean, I think he. Has, I, would, oh I think God. he has a nice house life though, home life, just because he his bedroom is decked out like it's nice. It has like a, it has like a all this baseball memorabilia on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he does come from a good family. That's right. I forgot at that point, technically, we're in his room. Yeah, they lived pretty well together. He came from a yeah, good... Yeah, and he has a ghost in his closet. He came it's from cool. a good Puerto Rican family who were probably like just, you know, the dad's a carpenter or something. I'm very invested in this, yeah. in this character. <laughs> Look, I, as a, I, I realize as a person of color, like, that actor that played Benny, like, I loved him in that movie and I loved him in The Mighty Ducks because... On both oh, he was in Mighty Ducks? He was in Mighty Ducks 2. He was the kid that was so fast that couldn't stop. Which oh, okay. was like a very racist thing because he was like speeding Gonzalez on ice but just couldn't stop being speedy. So he was... I, I, watching him in those movies, I loved him. Like I thought he was like the greatest like Latino youth actor that like I had seen. So that's why, yeah. That's why I want to see... If a movie's going to be him, I want to be in that movie but I want to play his dad. You could, yeah, I believe in you. I you think could you could do that. Dad, yeah. yeah, and uh, I'll just play. I'll play like a, I don't know, some guy at a soda shop or something. Yeah, you look like you could. You look like you'd be like able to mix a malt or something. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm in one scene and I'm just like washing one glass. Yeah, like those old tiny tin ones that they give you at uh, Johnny Rockets. Just like, oh hey fellas. <laughs> I, I was like just out of fifties diner the other day. Uh, Not good. Nah. No, it's like. It's not fun anymore. It, yeah, that 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 nostalgia thing. Like, I'm very like, this is fun for you. And it's like the, my the my waitress was definitely like, oh, I do not like working here at mm-hmm. all. And my mom was like being classic difficult, but that <laughs> she was like, she was giving all these weird requests. And it's like it's like a burger place. Like there there's no there's no real specialties or yeah. goodness. How to do you it. guys make the fries? Well, we put them in oil. Oh, but like, could we get like I did? The, I think I did the cool thing, and I got like the half fries, half onion rings. That yeah. makes sense. And she got sweet potato fries, and she was like, "These aren't that good." When it comes to food, like I can order a steak, and you could bring me like a grilled cheese sandwich. I'm like, man, fuck it, food. Yeah, like I'd be like, man, like as long as I'm being charged for the for the lesser thing. Yeah, but I don't. I think one one time in my adult life have I sent something back, and it was I went to. Um, 
uh, this uh, Mexican place, and I ordered just a cocktail. I wasn't really sure what it was, thinking that it would be kind of like a sangria type thing. Yeah. Turns out it was like a Bloody Mary thing, uh. and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted. And even then, I wasn't planning on sending it back, but I just like waited, uh, and I was like sipping on it, and the waitress was like, "Is something wrong? Like, yeah. are you <laughs> are you okay?" And, I'm no, I'm sorry. I'm. I apologized four times. I think. <laughs> You're such a you're such a sweet boy. <laughs> yes, I, I'm a very uh, I just wear like a bow tie everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> you like, do seem like like if you were in the, <laughs> it seemed like you wore a bow tie as a kid all the time. Like your parents didn't even buy it for you, you bought it for yourself. <laughs> They're like, We're not buying these, where are you getting them? <laughs> Actually there was like a, a guy what bay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like there was a kid in my high school that he was like the suits everyday guy. Wow. Huh. I try to be that in high school, in my high school. Like, I try to wear a suit. And then, like, on the third day, a lot of kids, because I grew up in the ghetto, they were like, do you have court a lot this week? And I'm like, oh, no, no. just trying it. <laughs> I used to have a thing where I was like, I'm just going to wear, like, a button-up shirt on Mondays. That's, yeah. and, and that was it. <laughs> and, like, they were, they didn't fit me well. Like, they were very long and flowy because I was long and flowy. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah, I was just like, it gets me over that Monday morning feeling by dressing up a little bit. And by dressing up, it was like wearing a plaid shirt. That's just, that's so adorable. I just got to get over this Monday. And it's crazy because less than two years later, I would lose my virginity. Oh. Which is, like, I am still surprised that I am not still a virgin. <laughs> I'm, I mean, look, we can all find love. Yeah. Or, you know, at least somebody will touch our genitals. Consensually. Of course. You know? Yeah, I didn't go the squints method. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. Although, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm like, did I ever use the squint method? Like, I did. I did use the squint method. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. Once on my trip, like, in fifth grade to make pretend, like, I was just tripping to grab a girl's chest. Which, by the way, retrospect, 100% the kind of behavior that if at one point I'll tell friends and they were like, you did that? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, boys will be boys. And I'm like, no, that's a... That's a violation. If some girl tripped and grabbed my dick, I'd be like, first of all. First of all, <laughs> poor choice. Yeah. Ow. But I'm saying, like, if she if she even did that, like, I'd be like, hey, that was totally obvious that you were trying to do something. You know what I mean? Like, Well, I mean, it's interesting because, like, you, you can have as much foresight and hind, or hindsight, I guess, and real. And I do this all the time that I'm like, man, I was an idiot when I was a kid. Or, like, I said something dumb, but... It the whole I mean going back to this movie the whole thing that's ingrained of just like ah oh, boys will be boys and like they don't mean any harm mm-hmm. like that really just gets instilled and it takes just just actual awareness to realize like oh I'm I have to change who I am yeah and for the better not just like you're not being uh, forced to like stop uh, being nice to people but yeah. just like realizing uh, that's who you are. What I want to say about hindsight was the fact that, like, you can look at this movie and be, like, one isolated incident of, like, oh, that was that was cute. Like, you know, she smiled at the end. But then, like, like if you do watch other movies, like Sixteen Candles, like, there's a part where the girl's drunk and the guy puts her in a car and then he closes the door and then he tells his buddy, have fun. And then, like, they insinuate that he has sex with this passed out girl. And then it was played for laughs. And, like, you watch these things and you go, <clears throat> as a boy... Who had and I understand it's not always on Hollywood to give you the message they're trying to like you know pass you know whatever but you have to be ca- like cautious of the fact that these are things that kids are gonna see and I'll be the first one to say as somebody I will say this a thousand times I had no adult guidance in my life I was very like whatever my friends said 
or whatever I saw on TV. So these kinds of things of getting a girl drunk or like make a pretend you're, you're uh, you know, drowning to kiss them, that seems fun to me. And it didn't seem like the kind of behavior that's like a problem. Right. You know? So that's why like watching the movie again, I'm like, nah, this isn't just an isolated incident. This is what Hollywood was yeah. for a very long time. And even like in this movie, when that happens... Uh, they're all like laughing and like pushing each other around as they're getting kicked out of yeah. the pool forever. And like, if it was framed seeing Wendy's point of view and just being like, "This is the shit that I have to deal with every day." Yeah. Like, yeah. I briefly worked retail, and obviously none of this happened to me. But it's just like people will just treat you like crap, and yeah. just uh, will just kind of do and say weird shit to you because you're there yeah but it's like oh you don't think about it, that they have an entire life outside of this one moment of course like when he's not getting harassed all day up on the lifeguard just 70 year old dudes hello sweetie grab pinching her by the ass all day now this freaking 10 year old make pretend he's drowning in the middle of the day you know what i mean like yeah and and it's even it's even shittier because like 10 year olds like i teach 10 year olds <laughs> and if they were like t- like giving somebody like a compliment about how they looked, it seems kind of almost innocent because it's pre-puberty. Like, yeah. They, but then just whatever Wendy must have gone through, just being like, "Oh, that kid's like adorable. He's just like he has a little crush. That's sweet." And then just going all the way to that, and then later marrying him. I, I am so curious. You can tell a dude wrote this. You can tell one hundred percent that a dude was like, "Everybody's gonna be happy." And you know what I mean? Like, what's well, so hard? Because I love, um, like, How I Met Your Mother and Scrubs and all these shows mm-hmm. where it is like this male protagonist trying to find love. And I try, I measure my own love life sometimes and think like, oh, I would love like a nice story like that. But then you kind of look closer and you think, okay, uh, like it's not it's not all about just the guy or just the one person. It's about uh, both of these people finding a connection together and having a mutual respect and understanding for each other. Yeah, absolutely. What an unexpected conversation to come out of the Sandlot. Hey, man. one that uh, needs to come, I guess. It does. We all do need to look at everything we view, you know, that comes into our ether with with a a, a better of a a filter to, like, break things down and just take it for what it is, you know? Totally. Especially if your kid's... Like yeah. now I watch kids film. I'm like, that seems a little sweeter. Well, because yeah, you, uh, you, your your son is two, two. Okay. I have two, a two year old and a five year old. Oh, I didn't know you had two kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my older kid lives in New York. I pick him up every other weekend. I actually have him this weekend, so I pick him oh. up every weekend. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and he's sitting in the other room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stay quiet. It's like I don't know what this movie is. <laughs> uh, but uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts about uh, the Sandlot before we uh, kind of rate it? Uh, yeah, I do. I do understand like the nostalgia. I guess, of, of, like, just just a summer of just, you know, uninhibited fun. So I get I get the the love for it. And I still do have a lot of love for it. Just now I have love for it in a different way because of Benny. Yeah. And, and I'll say, like, this is one of those movies that, like, I it was always around and I always was aware of it, but it was, I don't think this movie has ever been my go-to. Oh, like, the first I, time you've ever seen it? Oh, no, I've, I've seen it a oh, couple okay. times, but it's just... It's never been, and maybe it's because of the baseball aspect, but this is like, this is like one of those movies that I'm sure, I think I watched at a couple movie nights when I went to summer camp. Right. Like, it's just yes, kind of, it's one of those movies that they played a lot. Like, you, I think most of us saw it not out of choice, but out of, I think, adults being like, look at this great movie about these young boys in the 60s, and we're all like, all right, I guess if you fucking people like it, because it's about <laughs> your childhood, technically. 
Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to think. So it was this movie we would watch all the time, and we also watched, the other two we watched were Cool Runnings and Newsies. Oh, for me, I would substitute Newsies with uh, Little Giants. That's, which one is that? Little Giants is with, uh, dude, the dude, the dad from my Honey, I Blew Up the Kids, or Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, well, him and Ed O'Neill, the guy from Married with Children, they're like both dads who like, do it's basically a sandlot again except like ed o'neill like runs this football team who has like all the skills and the other one's like the ragtag team and oh, the ragtag okay. team does all these like crazy plays that you wouldn't normally do on the field but like they win so like that was the other one for me classic i okay. thought you were talking about little monsters i think no, it is no no that's the one with uh what's his name from america's got talent wait what howie mandel Little Monsters. Oh, yeah, Mandela. that's yeah. him. Yeah, with the blue mask. And I forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like a movie. I've never seen it, but that's the memory that I have of Blockbuster Video. Is yeah, that, yeah, is yeah, that, yeah. Movie. that is a That is a Blockbuster movie. That's a movie. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so now let's let's rate the Sandlot. So every week we rate everything on a scale from zero to five. You can be as uh, minute in particular with uh, decimal points as you want, uh, as I usually get. So okay. Uh, so what are you what are you thinking on a, uh, to rate this movie? I think I give it a two point eight. Yeah, I I think that's I'm actually right with you. Uh, I I don't know why, but the number that came into my head was three point zero six. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's like a movie that it's like if it's on and I uh, I'm feeling it, sure yeah. I'll watch it. But two point nine eight just seems like just like, yeah just, yeah two point nine eight just not really a three. Yeah, no, oh no. no. Uh, barely a three. I was like, I'll add a zero in between it so it knows how little I want it to be a three. <laughs> uh, so crunching the numbers, uh, the Sandlot comes out to a score of 2.93, which puts it in between B-Movie and James and the Giant Peach. That seems perfect yeah. for it. It really does. That actually feels great because there has been a couple episodes where, I'm, where I think, is this method not working anymore? Because... Like, there are weird things that are so high and some weird things that are so low. But that is – I agree. It's I, I think I would enjoy James and the Giant Peach a little bit more than <laughs> I would this one. Just slightly more. Very slight. It's – yeah, it's very – it's almost the exact same score. Hilarious. Uh, so, Miguel, thank you so much for uh, coming on That's and coming over. Uh, so you have your American Immigrant Podcast. Yeah. Do you want to just explain a little bit about what that is? Yeah, just, uh, you know, being an immigrant myself and being here, like, following my dreams. Uh, so I had to realize, like, how much stuff I've had to overcome. So I wanted to just hear other stories like that. So I speak to not just other uh, comedians and, like, actors, but I, I've spoken to, like, law- uh, lawyers and activists and community organizers from different countries. Just, you know, want to... The, the 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 face of America is changing, and I want to get those voices, you know, that are helping with the change. Yeah, and and what I love about the pod your podcast is that like it's it's still a very casual podcast, and it's mm-hmm. kind of people just hang out and talking. But you do kind of get these different, more insightful comments than just oh man, Sandlot or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and weirdly enough, I we I'm on an episode as well. I yeah. think I think they're this is coming out the same day. As the one that we're about to record. We're about to record and it'll yeah. come on next Monday. So, so if it's good, Duel. check it out. Dual but... episode. <laughs> All right. But uh, as always, uh, oh, um, where can people find you online? Miguel.mal.com. I just updated that website. So Congrats. Please, well, please. Which, which uh, website builder did you Wix. use? Yeah. You can tell I use Wix because I didn't pay the full amount so you can still see the, web, the Wix logo <laughs> on my website. But I don't give a damn. If you want me to get rid of the Wix logo, you come watch me at a show. 
and then I can use that revenue to update my website. Get, so. get VH1 to hire Miguel again. Yes, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and as always, you can find me uh, at KidFlixPod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we will hear you next week. Uh, go, go, Gadget, and show. <laughs>